Welcome back to Mom Nation Unscripted. Now, a word from our sponsor. Hi, I am Kelly with Olardi, and it is our mission to get toxin free products into every home and more money into more people's pockets. Eight years ago, we were moms who couldn't stop sharing education on real food, gut health, and fermenting. Over the years, we started paying attention to not only what we put in our bodies, but also what we put on our bodies. Now, as movement makers, we are on a mission to show you how you and your family can live a toxin-free lifestyle. Follow us on Instagram at kelly.liston and at Tamara Manley, and email us at olardyblog at gmail.com to connect. Hi, guys. Hey, guys. <laughs> I am so excited to be back here again. It feels like it's been a month since last week, Katie. Truly. Why does it feel that way? I don't get it. <laughs> Every single day has so much information. It really is like a month long. It's I, true. Yeah. I, I had um, Katie Ellis. She had posted a status that said, can you believe that uh, Valentine's Day was only three years ago? Seriously. <laughs> <laughs> It, it feels like it was three years ago. It really does. It so. does. And we're finally at the first quarter. Like, we're just barely through the first quarter of 2020. Mm-hmm. Now, think about that. Mm-hmm. It feels like it's been forever. And this might not be changing. Like, it's not like, oh, we're going to get through. We thought, oh, we'll get through March and it'll be better. No. Right. Well, and it's, I mean, back in January, I felt like that. Like, was January not the longest month on the, like, history of the books? Ever? I it felt forever. The longest year of my life. Yeah. <laughs> somebody who's like astrology woo-woo or like energy kind of a person to come in here and explain to us what is going on. I like, totally agree. Next topic. Yeah. <laughs> next topic for next Anyone week. Anyone out there can tell us what is going on. That would be great. <laughs> Seriously. <Yeah>. Holy cow. <laughs> Yeah. So what are we doing today, Beth? Well, we are going to ask everybody to rate, review, and subscribe to us uh, first. So guys, if you um, can do us a favor, we want to be able to reach more moms like you. And so if you will go to the, the platform, the podcast platform of your choice, look for Mom Nation Unscripted and then rate, review, and subscribe. Only rate us if you're going to give us five stars. Only review us if you're going to give us a glowing review that gets other people to listen. Um, but you can subscribe and download the episodes because the downloads are what counts. So for sure. And if you do that, I will bake you a cake. How's that sound? Just let me know and I'll bake you a cake. Now, for those of you who are going to do like, that now, I'm going to go review us now. <laughs> I know. I haven't left a review yet, Katie. So, um, you're gonna have to keep that promise, right? Well, for We're gonna have a coronavirus is over party, and she's gonna take the cake. Yes, <laughs> full of cakes. <laughs> yes, definitely. Well, the funny part about that is, is I don't cook, so <laughs> jokes on you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure somebody in Mom Nation does, so we'll we'll get them to do it. So. I'm, I'm sure we know a cake baker, Sammy, or a cookie maker, Brianna. Like you know, I'm sure we can find them somewhere. Yeah, <laughs> I'm excited for that. So yeah. I'm excited for all this to be over, but there's no sign of it being over. Um, no, not so, anytime soon. Nope. Yeah. So that being said, uh, the last week was insanely long. How was your, what happened for you in the last week, Katie? Oh, well, a whole lot of at home, a whole lot of hiking, a whole lot of biking. You know what? Honestly, it's been pretty cool. I'm, I, it really has. It's changed a bunch what our normal routine is. You know, like we usually go out to eat a lot more often than we do now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, you know, but the family time honestly has been pretty wonderful for us. So we've got a good little system between my husband and I with the homeschooling and all of that. And we've, we've been doing pretty good. We've pivoted a whole bunch as far as our business is concerned. And, and that's fine. You know, it's all about change and I have no problem with that. So it's been very uneventful my last week. Yours hasn't. Um, so yours might be a little bit more interesting to talk about here, Beth. What's been up with you? 
Um, so you guys might remember a couple weeks ago, Jack fell in the shower and got 10 stitches. Uh, so anyway, he just started to act weird in the last week. And, uh, and so he just kept crawl coming into like my bedroom in the middle of the day. And then he'd like crawl under the blankets from the foot of the bed with his like head and everything covered. And then he'd just go to sleep under the blankets at the foot of the bed for like hours. And then he'd wake up for dinner, and then he'd go back to bed for the whole night. And I was like, hmm, this is weird. Um, and I was like, maybe it's a gross bird. Maybe, I don't know. And so anyway, one night, uh, a couple nights ago, I was putting him to bed. And he goes, um, he goes, let's be done. Leave. And I was like, oh, what? <laughs> like, he's never asked me to leave, ever ever, ever. Like he always wants me to cuddle with him forever. Right. And so, um, and, and so then I was like, he must want to play or something. He wants me to leave so he can play. So I like just stepped outside of the door for a few minutes and then I go in to check on him and he just like turns and yells at me like leave. And I was like, oh, <laughs> there's something not right here. Aww. And so I went and I told my husband what was going on and, um, and he was like, I wonder if he has a concussion from when he fell. Hmm. And so we ended up looking up, you know, symptoms of a concussion in a child that's, you know, four. And he met like all the markers except, except like throwing up. And so we uh, took him to the pediatrician yesterday and the pediatrician said, yeah, it looks like he has a concussion and... Um, I'm recommending that you go to a neurologist to make sure that he doesn't have neurological damage from the concussion. So, Whoa. yeah. All so, the work you guys have been doing too. How does that impact that? So like one of the things is you don't want to do things that strain the brain while all that's happening. Right. And so uh, they are already on hold because of coronavirus. Uh, so, you know, it's, it's on pause until the end of, April at least now and so um right now we're just not having him do the exercises or anything because we need to not stress his brain out so yeah yeah anyway well, so that's intense I hope he gets gets out of that quick and it doesn't set you guys back yeah yeah so uh I mean we just had you know had seen some things like he was having regressions with uh, just some behaviors and, and that sort of thing. And we're like, something is really not sitting right here. So, you know, just that, that case of like, trust that mom get, trust that dad get, like you, you know, when something's wrong. We know our kids. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Darn right. You know, Beth, there is definitely light. My son, my littlest just had the same. He had a big concussion um, from the front of his head too. And um, we did a neuropsych eval and it was so helpful to, they know exactly how to deal with the exact symptoms. And so they really created a specific plan for us to really help him get back on track and um, for us to support all of his very specific, unique issues. And so it was, it was so helpful to have that. So they really prepared a good plan for us. So I think once you guys can get in there and get that taken care of, you'll, you'll be able to get right back on track. Yeah, absolutely. And I think one of the really interesting things just for moms to know is that like your kid can get a concussion and it doesn't show up for days. Yeah, that's okay. scary. <laughs> it's not, I've always thought like, oh, a concussion happens. You hit your head, you throw up, uh, you get the instant headache and like all of that. But no, like, it was, it was over a week and then all of a sudden things started to just like get weird. So. Yeah. Oh. Mm. Well, anyway. good for you for keeping an eye on details. Poor little guy. Yeah. 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 Feel real bad for the kid. And, and he, he just kept losing his balance and like running into walls and things. And I was like, this is weird. Yeah. Really weird. yeah. So, mm. um, but yeah, so I'm shooting for this next week being better and maybe feeling like less than a month. Yes, fingers crossed. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but that brings us to what we're ta talking about today. What's today's topic, my dear? Like mental health meets coronavirus. 
Yeah. Or coronavirus meets mental health. I don't know. One of the right. Two. Yeah. So um, I have a mentor that he, you know, he works with billionaires. He works with um, extremely successful businesses and and Olympic athletes and that sort of caliber of human. And he posted just in uh, just yesterday. He posted yesterday that last week, within uh, four hours. He uh, lost two friends who were C- CEOs to suicide. Oh wow! And and that that you know he was saying that the the next wave of crisis for us in COVID is mental health. And so I'm really glad that we're doing this topic. Um, A as somebody who struggled with mental health my whole life, mm-hmm. um, but B as a, a human who sees what's what's happening and what's coming. So, so is this like throwing a magnifying glass on everything, Laura? Is that like what, when crisis hits, if you're already having some struggles that maybe you don't even know about, is it just like, like on steroids, you know what I'm trying to say? Yeah. I that's literally what happens. Um, you know, we have these experiences in our past and they are, stuck in our systems and we, those get triggered, right? And so we might not even know that it's related. We might not even know why we're reacting so strongly. Um, you know, the, the issue is always that the current situation sort of dials up that distress based on the past. And so if somebody had an experience in the past, like, Um, if somebody's already struggling with mental health issues, or for example, you know, thinking of how we feel right now, um, thinking, you know, I feel helpless, right. Or Mm -hmm. I feel, um, I feel out of control. Uh, those feelings really, really initiated many, many years ago in our childhoods, we felt helpless and we felt out of control and we didn't know how to deal with that. And so a lot of times what happens in the present, and that's why, you know, um, and I don't know who this quote is from, but you make a permanent decision based on a temporary problem, right? And that comes up a lot when, it ta- when we talk about suicide and, um, and that high level of, um, of hopelessness. Uh, because it's, we don't recognize that this, this current situation has a beginning, a middle, and an end. We don't recognize that. It feels like an ongoing continuation of these distressing, hopeless feelings. But the truth is, you know, we have to recognize that there's a start and a stop and we have to put boxes around those previous times that we felt helpless. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, one of the things that I talk about with my clients um, is to think about what you're feeling and when was an earlier time you felt that way? And then ask your system to really and really analyze and decide, hmm, is this based on something that's already happened? And does my system know that that is over, right? So a lot of us who struggle with, um, you know, scarcity as children mm-hmm. are going through that right now. Um, and that those feelings are coming back of, I'm never going to be okay. I'm never going to have enough. I'm, I'm, you know, always going to have to struggle. Um, but the truth is this is a temporary situation. There is a beginning, a middle and an end. And it's not the same as that experience we had as children. It's not that same thing. That was, that one's over, right? There's an end to that. And so our systems, our systems don't recognize the end. And then it just compounds and becomes a bigger part of an older issue. So yeah, that magnifying glass, that um, just adding on, uh, I use pickup sticks in my office to, to show how, you know, we connect these, uh, these experiences to these older networks. And so these networks are sort of spreading out, grabbing, oh, this feels like that. This looks like that. This reminds me of that. And so we're just building this big pile of information that isn't necessarily um, it's not sorted out. It's not, it's not really, um, filed away in a, in a way that makes sense, um, to the reality of today. So it feels super true. Like I'm never going to be okay, but that's objectively false. Right. So Mm -hmm. we have to sort of 
That is objectively false. Mm -hmm. I won't get through this. That is objectively false, mm -hmm. but it feels so true, right? Like how, how many times have you felt that way in this scenario, especially? Oh, totally. Yeah. There's um, a movie, what's it called? Um, Unbroken. Angelina Jolie, she directed it. Anyway, it's it's based on a true story of like some soldiers who they got stranded at sea and then and then some of them died and then um, went to prisoner of war camp, just like this horrible, horrific thing during I think World War II. And it was interesting because there were three of them on this boat and one of them just kept saying, we're not gonna live, we're not gonna survive, we're not gonna make it and he died yeah and the other ones didn't yeah and there's a little bit of, there's some research um behind that actually in our own um in our own mental capacity to understand that something is um coming from the past versus what's happening right now and having that adaptive information so the way as a counselor i practice emdr and that's based on um adaptive information processing and the theory behind that is that some of our distressing memories, they get locked in our systems, they get stuck. So what we felt, what we thought, what we believed about ourselves at that time, what we heard, what we smelled, right? The, vis the visual, everything. So all of that stuff gets really locked and it, um, it is an unhealed memory. And, um, and those unhealed pieces of our history, of our experience, can um, essentially change the way that we view ourselves now. And so there's, there is some research that shows that healing those memories and adapting a positive, creating an, an adaptive network, a positive adaptive network. And I'll have some strategies for how to start that process right here. Um, but creating a positive adaptive network is the same as the way you created the negative one. We've just got to build that pile of pickup sticks, right? So we start making associations with all those positive things. And then all of a sudden, oh, that feels like that. Oh, that feels like that. Oh, that. So our brain will start to pull in those pieces of positive, um, positive aspects of our experiences. Mm -hmm. And um, that actually allows us to be more open in our belief system to acknowledge, hey, I can be okay. And then that actually sends signals to our system to say, oh, okay, let me respond to this treatment. Let me be open to um, this possibility um, instead of believing that it can't work for me. And so when we believe it doesn't work for me, often that comes true because right. that's how we live our lives. We live our lives and we make decisions according to our belief system. So objectively changing those beliefs is really the, the full uh, the meat, the, the, the middle of the counseling for that I do is that, that processing, that actual active processing of those old memories and getting them to an adaptive place. I'd be willing to bet that a lot of your clients, you talk about this with a lot of your clients and a lot of what they're dealing with in adulthood stems back to, you know, childhood. And it doesn't necessarily mean that they had a bad childhood by any means, no. but None there are just things. Yeah. <laughs> right. None of us get out of childhood unscathed. Right. It's, it's our experience. That's it. It's, it's not, that doesn't have to be, you know, this intense people think, Oh, I was never, I don't have any trauma. Right. right. But that's not true. Right. You fell off your bike. You got lost at the store. You right. were scared because your mom wasn't there. Right. Like those are traumas in our life. They're not big T. We, there's a clinical big T trauma and a little T trauma, right? Mm -hmm. So you don't have to have these intense um, experiences like an attack or a natural disaster or anything like that in order to really have those effects because they're still there. I ask my clients all the time, Katie, I say, how old do you feel right now? How old do you feel? Oh, that's intense. Right? How old does your system think you are right now when you're really in the thick of a struggle? Do you feel how old you are? My bet is going to be no. And so I often say, tell yourself how old you are out loud and recognize what comes with that. Because if I was, I often feel 17. That's my, that's my stuff, right? Mm -hmm. Full disclosure. I've got stuff. Everybody's got stuff. Everybody. So, um, so yeah, so I snap back and I'm like, I feel little, right? And I feel out of control and I feel like, Nobody's gonna, you know, my kids won't respect me because I feel like I'm their age, right? right? 
And that's, uh, so when anytime I feel like I'm intimidated by my own teenagers, I'm like, snap out of it, mom. You are 34 years old, you are a grown woman, and you have a successful job, you drive a nice car, you own your own home. Could you do that if you were 17? No. Mm-hmm. And so just really telling myself that that's the reality that I'm living in right now actually brings my cortex back online. That's the neurology behind it. And it puts me in a position where I have access to all of the adaptive information to say to them, you know what? No, I know more than you do. And I decided that it needs to be this way. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's how you can, um, that's how you can access your full network of positive experiences and adaptive information to be successful in the decisions that you make. I love that. And so Beth and I know you, Yes, but the audience doesn't know you. So can you tell our audience who you are and what you do? We yes. kind of got a little snippet of it. Okay. But. So, um, my name is Laura Oliveri Wood and I am a licensed associate counselor. I have a small private practice in Gilbert called Beneveri Counseling. And um, I practice EMDR. I just a little bit about my background. I got into the field because I really wanted to help um, mostly teenagers sort of transitioning into adulthood. And then um, I have a big place in my heart for moms who are transitioning either from a relationship into a single motherhood or they're just experiencing that transition of my kids are growing older and now I need to figure out who I am as a woman because I'm not, my identity isn't just them anymore. And so those mom transitions, those life transitions to the teenagers who are about to have to be grown and especially those who maybe didn't have a a strong family. Maybe they came in from foster care. Maybe they were raised um, by several relatives and bounced around a lot, right? Mm -hmm. So those lacks, that lack of consistency leaves some developmental, um, some gaps developmentally. And so I love using this whole adaptive information processing to sort of help them piece together what they missed and then go off and be successful. And that applies to everyone. It's for everyone. I love that because I know that you can personally relate with a lot of that and what you just said. So yeah, I've been a single mom for a little over 10 years now. And, um, this coronation as it were (laughs) is, uh, the very first time I have actually spent, um, more than a few days at home with my kids at one time. So I've never spent this much time with my boys in over 10 years and so it's been a really interesting uh, journey of self-discovery and reflection, right? And also, um, you know, them eating all the snacks. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, they do that when they're teenagers like yours. They do it when they're six like mine. It's like the yeah. hollow leg thing. It's a thing in it our really house. is. It's yeah. like, is it snack time again? No, it's not snack time. Again, you okay. just ate five minutes ago. Like I literally just cleared your plate. Oh, yeah. I'm hungry. Oh my God. Anyway, so thank you, Laura. Thank you so much for being here with us today. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited. Oh, for sure. So as you both know, so we had a post in our group, in in the Mom Nation group across the country. It was a post in all of the groups. And I had shared, got a little vulnerable because Beth makes me do that. And I had shared that I officially feel like this quarantine thing is messing with me. And although I'm enjoying the family time and things are going well and I'm pivoting and I'm doing all of those things, I, I do have some fears and I do have some questions. And so I thought, well, I'll pop a poll out there and see if any of our other mamas are feeling it too. And by golly, they are. So we have a few kind of of the top things that our moms are going through that I thought we could run through and talk about today and kind of get your take on them. Yeah, absolutely. And the biggest one is, and I think we maybe all have a little bit of it, maybe it's small T or big T. Um, but is is coping with fear of unknown. And that yeah. was something that a lot of our moms made a lot of comments about, and they're just scared. They're, they don't know what's happening with jobs, you know, spouses, jobs, things like that. Yeah. And that's a huge, um, I think, adult regular fear that we constantly have when we have responsibilities, right? We True. have bills to pay. We've got kids to take care of. We can't control a lot of this stuff. And that is really hard for us to accept when we want to be in control. And especially those of us who are, um, you know, maybe we over, we're trying to be overachievers. I don't know. Maybe we're a little ambitious and kind of, 
constantly running and doing all these things. I don't know if anybody can relate to that, but you might know one or two of those people. But you know, we really just have to um, take a step back, and and it's really the same. The same strategy is ground yourself in where you are right now, and. You know, I had a friend of mine, a coworker, had shared a post about this. Is, these are the things I can control, and these are the things I can't. I saw it. Yeah, and I know you shared it too. And it's yep. one of my favorite things because it's like, okay, I can't control whether or not I have a job tomorrow. But I want to ask you, could you before coronavirus? No. No. It's not different. So the fundamental fear that we're experiencing. Um, will I be able to pay my bills tomorrow? Right? Like, you know how much money's in your bank account today, but anything could happen on any day at any time. And I don't want to be like, I don't want to make that feel like doomsday ish. So I promise it's turning a corner. But the truth is, we never could control that. And that's okay. What we can control is I can control my attitude, mm-hmm. I can control my strategies for um, preparing for disasters. I can control um, how this, what I learned from this experience, right? I can control um, a lot of my routine. So there are things that we can control and they're not different than what we could control two months ago. They aren't. And we feel that they are because this is extreme. This is, this is a trauma. This is a trauma. So what I've been doing, actually, I've done a lot of what's called a recent event protocol with my clients and not, we're not addressing your, you know, deeply rooted psychological issues that come from your childhood and the hard part. We're not addressing those. We're just taking this stuff and we're processing it right now so that it doesn't lock in with those maladaptive networks Mm -hmm. because this stuff, think of what's happening right now. It's a trauma that can future, you know, become maladaptive in the future. But if we handle it right now by stopping and, and grounding ourselves, and letting that information process, we can start to feel a little bit more in control. When you're in control of your body and your mind and your cortex is online, that's a big one, that's the only time you're processing information. So think about this, when we're in fight or flight mode, when we're experiencing that tremendous distress and fear, our cortex is offline. So the only information that we have access to is our body's defense mechanisms. So we have our, you know, our lizard brains. We have, hey, um, your heart rate is higher. You can run a little faster. You can, um, you know, you can make fast decisions. You don't have to go through, you know, your brain isn't, you don't need to know certain things at that time in a scary trauma time. Like if you're being attacked by a lion, you know, it's not important to remember your grocery list. Right. So your brain turns that off. And so when, when, we're, when that's off, information is not processing in our brains and it's actually it's actually preventing us from being able to feel like we're in control and so getting our cortex back online how old am i where am i right now looking at three find three things in the room that make you feel happy right like i have a picture frame that are is my favorite colors that's silly but it makes me feel i'm like oh i love that you know like it just snaps me out of it um i've had <laughs> this is funny. Um, you can dip your face in a bucket of ice. No joke. Like just snap your system back online. You can, um, you oh, can that's interesting. take that grounding because what needs to happen is you need to get your cortex online and then you need to make a plan. And then when your that, cortex is online, that why people take like cold showers. Absolutely. Suck on a lemon. That'll snap you back. Um, just get your cortex back online and then you can go back and look at those things that you can control and say, you know what I'm going to do? Um, because I have a little bit more, let's say I got laid off. Okay. I'm going to update my resume. I'm going to, um, maybe I'm going to find some free trainings on Google or Facebook business that will teach me a little bit about marketing so I can be better in the future. Right? So those are adaptive and healthy coping skills. Mm-hmm. But we couldn't think of them when we're our lizard brains working because those are not things that you need in order to run away from a lion. Right. So that's all you get when you're offline. When you're in panic mode, you're running from a lion. You don't have access to any other information. It's literally turned off. 
It's really That's interesting. So fascinating. And the biggest, biggest thing that you said to, to, for me, cause I feel like you're just talking to me. Um, right. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Beth can, Beth can hang out. Um, but the biggest thing is that we don't know what's going to happen ever. Like, honestly, an asteroid could fly out of the sky and blow up earth like in 10 minutes. Yeah. But I don't freak out about that all day long. No, this is just the alligator closest to our boat. Right. 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 So we got to kind of deal with that right now. And that's okay. It's okay. The other thing is it's okay to feel this way. So I want every single person who's listening to just let that sink in. It is okay to not be living your best life today. Right. It's okay to feel like, holy moly, I am stressed to the max and I can't do everything. That's okay. You're allowed to feel distress. It's how you tolerate that distress. It's teaching your body to tolerate that distress, accept it and say, okay, distress, that's where we are right now. Cool, 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 cool. Um, what you can do is say, hey, anxiety, I see you, I get you. I appreciate you coming in right now because you're helping me get away from that lion. But at this time, I'm not in imminent danger. So I, I'm inviting you, anxiety, to come sit with me because you can't go away. You're always going to be there because you're a part of me. But just be cool. Join me at the table and we're going to do what I'm doing right now. Mm -hmm. So you're acknowledging yourself and you're saying, hey, it's okay. It's okay that I feel this way. I'm so glad that you said that. Like, so glad because, of course, we're all online now because that's what we do, right? And so I'm seeing, um, you know, a lot of different posts and a lot of different comments and things like that. And I am seeing some, you know, people out there, which, you know, bless them, that they, they want to share positivity. And I totally can appreciate that because I want to share positivity too. Totally. But I, but I think what really matters is we have to allow others to feel the feelings that they feel. And, mm -hmm. and some people are like, oh, this is going to pass. Don't worry about it. Like you're freaking out for nothing. Yeah, maybe, but you know what? I'm freaking out. And yeah, 13,000 people have died in Italy. And right? it's not like, nothing for me. Yeah. Right, right. Like it's not nothing for me. Right. Mm -hmm. And you know, you know, some people on, um, you know, throughout conversations have said, well, you know, this staying home all day, every day is my everyday life. So it's fine. Like it's fine. You guys are going to be right. fine. Well, this isn't my everyday life. So this right. is a huge change for me. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And validating others is the same thing that we need to do for ourselves to feel more in control, right? Because Katie, if you said, you know, this is really, really stressful. I don't even know what I'm going to do. And I'm really freaking out. And I was like, relax. It's fine. You're going to be fine. You're worrying over nothing. How do you feel as a person? Well, yeah. diminished a bit. Um, I'm certainly not going to share, be vulnerable with you again. Right. That's for and sure. So, so think about your own internal system, your own internal feelings of depression, of fear, of anxiety. What do you say to them when they come up? Are you like, stop? You shouldn't feel this way. You're better than this. You should be stronger. You don't need help, right? We're, we're, dis, we're diminishing ourselves. Yeah. And our own feelings. And what does that do? It makes us angry. It makes us feel hurt. Yep. It makes us question who we can trust. So now we feel like we can't even trust ourselves. Build a relationship with those feelings, ladies. Like get close and get to know them and really lean in and invite them to come and sit with you and listen to this podcast today. Because I promise if you acknowledge them and validate them, they'll be cool. They will. Yeah. I, I agree. And I feel like our feelings are kind of like a gauge, right? So I'm feeling uh, maybe a little bit down today. Okay, let's talk about that with myself, right? And yeah. see, you know, what are the, the thoughts that I'm having? I feel like it's a gauge of your thought pattern. Does that make sense? I mean, that's just what I personally think. Yeah. And I would say that to a client, you know, think about where is that coming from and kind of going back to the beginning, is this old stuff or is this what's happening right now? Right. Where is this sadness coming from? Not that it's not okay to have it, right? Not that we should not feel it because we should feel it. We should feel sadness. We should feel emotions. Those are real. Right. Feelings aren't facts, but they're real. Right. And so uh, for me, you know, we, we, 
we talked about this before we came on that like I, you know, I've been diagnosed with depression, anxiety, PTSD, and OCD. And yeah. so for me, like what you said at the beginning about the box is so huge because, you know, as I'm at the gas pump and I'm using four Clorox wipes to wipe down everything I'm going to be touching, yeah. I'm like, it, it's fear of all of a sudden getting back to OCD patterns that I've had yes. in the past. And if uh, those OCD patterns are going to be triggered, they're going to be bigger than ever. It's, it is a fear of an unknown, but it's kind of a different fear of the unknown than other people yeah. have around this. And so, you know, as somebody who, who deals with OCD on like a yearly basis or so, um, it's just, it's so, so intense to, have this like, okay, so this could trigger and turn into something that's uncontrollable on the other side of this. And so there's so much fear for me around that. So I don't know if you have any thoughts for moms who are already dealing with depression or anxiety right. or things like that. Um, the, the box thing, if you guys didn't hear what she said at the beginning, go back and listen. Uh, that's huge. But any other thoughts on that? Well, first of all, thank you for being vulnerable and sharing that because it's hard to share and, you know, you're really helping, I think, a lot of other ladies on this call who are maybe unsure if they're okay. Um, yeah. And so, you know, I like what you said about those, those OCD behaviors sort of reminding you of the feeling of being out of control. And so... I want to share just a little bit about why that's happening and then we can how we can maybe uh, divert that. So what wires together, fires together. And so what that means is our brains are wired a certain way. So wiping down a gas pump four times is wired for you with OCD, right? It's connected. So when you wipe down that gas pump, you're like, oh crap, I have OCD again, right? Because it fires together. And yeah. so knowing that, you can say, hmm, do I? Or is this just appropriate level of sanitation as I'm going forward? And the fear of, you know, as you're future tripping, as we call it, of <laughs> this is going to come back and rule my life again. Remember, what I would like for you to be able to do, and everyone can do this, create what's called a mastery resource. So. Think about how you, what you saw, how you felt, um, where the sensation in your body, any smells or any uh, connected uh, imagery of when you, a time that you overcame your OCD. So really think about that and even write it down, name it, you know, you could draw a little picture of it. Um, and then what that's going to do is it's going to reconnect all of those pieces and wire that with your OCD, right? Because it's, hey, I overcame this before. This doesn't control me, I control it. It comes up like, hey, OCD, cool, I see you. I know you've been there for a minute. Just, just have a seat, it's cool, cool, cool. But like, don't, I'm gonna need you to just be quiet right now, right? And so you can associate that mastery resource of you, of you, Beth, feeling the feeling of overcoming those challenges and you've done it before that means you could do it again and so really wire in that mastery resource and a way to um to nail it in even further i guess is if you are really experiencing that memory like put yourself in that memory and try to kind of let go and then there's this is called a butterfly hug so with EMDR, we use dual, set, uh, dual attention stimuli. And what that does is it keeps one foot in the past and one foot in the present. And so when we're building these resources, we can help ourselves get into the present, even though we're experiencing that positive memory. And we can just do six really slow taps. And then what that does is it reminds me, hey, I'm right here. I'm here. I'm safe. I'm not in this memory, but I'm experiencing this memory. And what that's doing is it's creating a wire from this mastery experience to connect with your OCD. So that that's what wires together. And then those can fire together. Right? Yeah. And as I think about, you know, moms who 
they're dealing with depression. Depression a lot of times yes. looks like staying in your house. It looks like watching a lot of Netflix. Absolutely. It's like eating junk food. And that's kind of where we're at right now is mm -hmm. they're having that same experience with depression that I have with OCD. I think you're absolutely dead on there. And that's actually the next whole topic was isolation, you know? And so yeah. it's the same concept, that depression, what wires together, fires together. Hey, the last time I didn't leave my house for three weeks, I was having a major depressive episode, right? So that's like, oh, what am I going to do, you know? And so, so feeling the same way, ground yourself in that moment, get your cortex back online and ask yourself, is this appropriate or is this shut down? A lot of times we have to identify our own relationship with calm. So believe it or not, ladies, not all of us know how to be calm. True. So, I mean, I know, right? I can't imagine. Um, <laughs> say to the women who can't hold still for anything. Exactly, yeah. right? So, and guilty, I had to spend, you know, hours and hours. I mean, I got a master's degree so that I could learn how to do this. I didn't, you know, I don't know how to be calm. I'm, I'm like, when I feel guilty, because I too have struggled with depression, full disclosure, um, that what you just described, Beth, to a T. Like, oh, I'm laying around, low key, I'm wearing my sweatpants. Like, is that depression? And I have to think to myself, okay, what is appropriate and what is healthy and what's old stuff? And if it is current depressive symptoms, that's okay too. Same process applies. Get yourself back online. Remember your coping skills of, you know, finding some things that make you feel pleasant, building a routine um, and staying on it. You know, I noticed that I feel better. And Beth, you said this before. I feel better when I get ready. Mm -hmm. I do. I feel better. And so I don't just like wear these earrings at home for funsies. These are just like my like, you're not depressed, Beth. Earrings, yes. right? I curled my hair today. I was like, okay, I'm going to be a productive human today, right? Yeah. So, so a few things that you can do to just manage those feelings that you already have, right? And when you're in this isolation is build a routine. When you are um, with your, when you have a family at home with you and you're not just by yourself, especially have a family meeting, talk about that routine. I love that Get idea. On the same page. Love because it. Because ladies, how many of you are used to doing all the housework mm -hmm. and working full time and doing most of the kids stuff? We're used to that. I'm the man in all of the memes. So no, I don't relate to any of that, but I know oh. so many women do. <laughs> well, so now I'm jealous, but I'm a single mom, right? So I live alone. So I'm used to doing all this stuff, but now that stuff is 20 hours a day. Yeah. It's not, it's no longer, hey, nobody was really in the house for eight hours or 10 hours, so it's not that messy. Oh, no. This is a nightmare. I mean, but I have to decide as a family, hey, I'm going to clean the house on Wednesday nights, and I'm going to clean the house on Sunday mornings. The rest of the time, it's okay that there are 16 open cereal boxes on my counter. That's okay. <laughs> And obviously my kids are teenagers, so they should be held accountable and I should do a better job of making them clean up after themselves. But you get the idea. Some people have one-year-olds that can't really do it. So, so yeah, building those, those healthy patterns and routines and sticking to them can really help you cope with the feeling of, I'm just not doing enough. Mm -hmm. There's too much to do. I'll never get it all done. And for the isolation piece, have video calls. If you're working, Turn on your video, even if nobody else in your office uses video. Turn on your video because one, it'll make you get ready in the morning. Mm -hmm. Two, it'll help you feel connected. And then encourage your coworkers to get on their videos too. I was on a meeting earlier um, and I was like, hey, where's your video, man? Like, turn it on. I need to be able to see what's going on. So I know you're not multitasking because this meeting is really important to me and I want to make sure we get the most out of it. Mm -hmm. And so that helps with the isolation. Setting up time to have FaceTime dinners. Katie, you said you did that. that. My mom and I do. Yeah. Do your video. Yeah. I mean, we just have dinner together because we usually have Sunday night dinner every single week since she moved here in October. 
And my kid really loves that. I mean, we do too, of course. And so that's what we're doing to cope right now with not being able to see Mem and Pep because, you know, we don't want to put anyone at, at risk. So we're all doing our best here. But yeah, yeah, every Sunday night when we sit down to dinner, we're on with her for about an hour or so and we shoot the breeze just like we would if we were sitting at our table. And that's great. That's mm -hmm. a great way to stay connected. Yeah, um, I think Beth has a couple of friends that have done, you know, trivia night with friends, things like that. Um, my friends and I are talking about just having a good old happy hour and just catching yeah. up because it's been like, you know, I went on vacation before all, I came home to this, pardon my French right. shit, you know, and then, <laughs> you know, before I left, it wasn't like that. And so prior to going on vacation, that week leading up to vacation is a little hectic, so I didn't get to see my friends. So I haven't seen my friends for like five weeks. And um, yeah. yeah, it's we have to be creative and find different ways in which to connect and do so. Otherwise, crazy over here because I'm, I, I'm, I know you guys can't tell, but I'm a bit extroverted, and I really like being social and being with others, and that's kind of what's been taking a little bit of a hit for me. Yeah, yeah, I'm the same. Like honestly, I was just telling someone I wish that like. Starbucks would open and let us sit six feet apart from people. Like, I don't even need to talk to anybody. I just need to like sit in the middle of a crowd of people just to suck everybody's energy out because of the extrovert in me. So yeah. <laughs> it's intense. It is. I know that like even introverts are starting to feel this way too. Yeah. I think so too. Um, I think really the best thing that you can do is not fall out of contact with your friends right now, you know, um, play games together, right? You could play, if you both have Yahtzee, play Yahtzee over the, you know, virtual That's a good idea. Like we I love Yahtzee. Me too. I might actually do that. <laughs> Whatever game you want. It doesn't, have, it could be Monopoly, right? You could yeah. do all the same thing. Like you could play all the same games. You could do all the same things. So just getting really creative right now, which is hard for a lot of us. A lot of us just don't have those kinds of thoughts. I'm, you know, or we're not very creative. So it might be fun to, uh, to get a list going, right? Like, Hey, what are some games we can play over the internet? What mm -hmm. are some, um, what are some things we can do? Uh, while we FaceTime. And great idea. We could have game night in Mom Nation. Totally. And we could provide that down. resource. I think that's wonderful. And um, the easier it is. So the other thing is, it's harder for us to think about all of these solutions and coping skills when, our, when we're offline, when we're panicked. Right. So we've got to first, the first step is always, always, always ground. Get yourself to recognize where you are, Put yourself back in your body, put yourself back in your place and recognize that you are in the middle of today and that's where, and that's it. Just right here, right now, what am I doing in this space? And getting present is really hard. So I always ask my clients, how present are you in this moment? And start, sometimes it starts out at like 12%. I mean, on a scale, you know, on a hundred percent. And then my goal is always by the end of the session to get you up to, you know, a hundred percent because in order to really process, to really absorb, to really learn, you've got to be online. And so there's lots of ways to get present. Some of us don't know what that means. So um, it took me a long time to figure out what that means. And it's not just mindfulness. It's actually just an awareness of time and space. And so when I say, how present are you right now? Um, the thoughts might be maybe I'm 50%. Okay, well, where's the rest of you? Right. I'm thinking about the past or I'm thinking about the next thing I'm going to do after this. Right. Like maintaining a to-do list, not necessarily, you don't really need to do that right now. Right. Because you're not doing those things. Of course you can know that that's next, but ruminating or, or future tripping over how I'm going to execute that is not helpful. And it provides, it sort of takes up space so that you can't really access everything you need to, to complete this current interaction, this current task, whatever you're working on right now. Mm -hmm. So to give yourself the most bandwidth is just, what am I doing right now? It's hard to answer that question sometimes. It and is then hard. who's thinking, well, am I doing it right? Yeah. Am I doing, am I being present right? <laughs> am I, 
<laughs> am I doing it right? Like, I get that all the time. I'm like, you can't do it wrong. You just gotta do it. Like, you're doing great. Just, you're doing great. And it's okay to wonder. It is. It's okay to wonder if you're doing it right. Yeah. And then acknowledge that and give yourself a little laugh. Like, sometimes I laugh at my own thoughts. I'm like, hmm, worry about that. Right? Or that was silly that came up. Like, just notice it and let it go. Right, right. It sounds a lot like meditation, Laura. Yeah. Definitely. It's definitely grounded in that, in that mindful. There's a really great, um, a really great podcast that I um, personally learned a lot from and did a lot of my own work um, listening to, and it's called Untangled. Hmm. And it's just about that mindfulness and meditation and understanding what that means and neurologically. And so I'm kind of a nerd. I like to know like, what does that mean for your brain? And so, uh, so that kind of tells me that. So I like that, but, um, but it's been really informative and, and understanding sometimes the context and the background is really helpful for us to be able to actually do these tactics. Mm -hmm. That's so, for sure. Yeah. Wow. Right. That was a lot of really awesome information. Though. <laughs> like, well, a lot that, of things that I'm like nuggets that I'm, I totally can take with me and use. So thank you. Good. Yeah, absolutely. And, and just like, uh, just thinking about the, you know, meditation, like we have time right now. That's mm -hmm. a skill worth developing. You know, all of these moms that you guys are, are thinking about, like, what can I do to, to stay on top of my mental health? Develop that skill during this. It's mm -hmm. huge. And it's honestly okay if it's only for like two minutes. Oh yeah, yeah. and three minutes. Then mm -hmm. that, that might be like <laughs> very generous. Like sometimes for me, like meditating, it's like I'm going to take three breaths. Like yeah. that's what I can do right now, and that's fine. Mm -hmm. And asking yourself, you know, meditation is so abstract. Sometimes it's sort of this like void of so I just sit still, but really wonder, like really realizing why you're doing it and that it's that grounding piece. And that like, that's what you focus on when you're meditating, take those three breaths, get in touch with your system and bring it back online. So if you are confused about, well, what am I, I'm not going to be like, Oh, or whatever, right? Like, <laughs> right? Whatever. And I like the woo woo stuff too. So I'm totally whatever, but, um, you know, if that's not you, or if you feel like that's not your style, call it something else. Just do it. Like right. get yourself, put yourself back online and do it on purpose. And when you start to do that, then you'll really just, you'll be able to access so much more. And if you're about to go into something challenging, um, like I, I just wanted to address this really quick because I saw so much of it when we're doing so much for everyone and our kids are crying and we're, things are coming at us, right? Like that's a time to take three breaths and remind yourself, A, get yourself back online, right? How old am I? Where am I? All that stuff. But right. also think about three things that you love about your kids, your family, your house, whatever it is that's about to come at you. Just get in touch with your gratitude, just a little bit. Give yourself some, because that allows you to react and respond with empathy. And then you won't regret it later. Because I don't know about you guys, but I lose my temper. And I scream and yell. And then I look back and I'm like, man, I feel crappy. Mm -hmm. And then I know it's okay that I did that and I can move forward. But in order to avoid that, instead of yelling, you know, just take a couple breaths, get yourself back online and tell yourself three things that you love about whatever it is that you're about to tackle. That is huge, huge, huge advice. And I feel like the better I get at meditating, Mm -hmm. um, and I'm a gratituder too. So I use yeah. that. So thank you for confirming that, that I'm doing <laughs> right. Thanks. <laughs> but I feel like the more that I practice meditation, the better I am at in those moments when I know I need to get back online, I know I need to ground myself and bring myself back. It's so much easier to do. It is a practiced skill. We don't know how to do this. Right. None of us know. Like I said, I had to get a master's degree to learn how to do this. <laughs> and I still didn't know. And I still see a therapist. Everybody needs help. We don't know what we're doing. We are normal people with normal problems. It, Our clients, my clients are just like me. I'm just like them. There's no difference. We all feel the same way. 
we all experience the same things and the the beauty is in the unique experience that it is for each of us the way we experience it feels so different but it's always connected and so just that practice we need to practice we don't know how to do this right and i love that you said that about your clients or regular people because i think that when people look at mental health or they think about calling somebody like you laura they're like well does that mean like i'm totally off my rocker does that mean that i'm a complete crazy person and i need to be committed no because absolutely everybody on the planet has gone through either big t's or little t's or a combination of both and they all everybody needs somebody to talk to yeah. and can i just add to that that like if you are off your rocker and if you need you do need to be committed like you deserve the help yeah, and that's fine too. Yeah, and and that's the thing is, is that like I've had friends who who like they've resisted help for so long, and and then they finally like they do have to go get get committed, yeah. and oh guess what they just needed help, like yeah. and there's no shame in it. No matter how like small, whether you just need to go to you know learn to meditate or whether you do need uh, extreme help with your mental health. Totally, it's okay. Yeah. Anywhere, anywhere in that. I love what you said. You deserve the help, you know, and, you know, and it's my business. So I get that. But at the same time, we don't invest in ourselves, right? It's a lot of times it's financial. And I hate, I hate that finances are a barrier to getting well. Mm -hmm. I, so, you know, I always think about, okay, well, what else do I pay for that makes me feel good? Well, I get my hair done. Right. I get my nails done. I get my pedicure. Maybe I get a massage. Maybe I, right. So we can think about that. And the other thing is we can think about annually, how much is it to go see someone every other week or every week? Right. And really just acknowledge that you deserve to do that for yourself. Mm -hmm. to do that. It's an investment because when these things are working appropriately, then you're going to have better relationships. Then you're going to do better at work, perhaps. Um, I feel like it's, it's kind of like leverage, right? Yes. You're going to achieve more of those things that you want to achieve. And they might, may not be work-related. They don't have to be. But isn't that awesome that you're investing in yourself and you're able to achieve these things that might be on your bucket list, that might be on your vision board? right? I mean, I just feel like the investment is just like any other investment when I go put money in real estate or something like right. that. Like, it's well, and, and the other thing is that if you like actually start talking to people in your world about it, you might be surprised that people are willing to help you. Yeah. Uh, so like, we, you know, we, we had to put Jack in a program that's like $20,000 by the end of it. And so like me in therapy, I got, I got put on the back burner. And as a mom, I'm always willing to do that. But right. I, you know, was talking to my mom about it and my mom called me one day and she said, Hey, I just scheduled, um, an EMDR appointment for you, uh, a therapist. This is the address. I'm taking off time. I'm going to go, uh, pick up your kids from school so you can go. Yeah. And my mom is paying for me to get EMDR. Oh, that's amazing. Right? And so like, but if I, if I stayed silent about it, like she never would have known I needed the help. Yeah. So, like speak up to the people in your world. <laughs> if somebody's willing to help, let them. Mm -hmm. Like just just let them. Totally. It's not, you know, like do I wish that my mom wasn't paying for it? Yeah, I do. But she is, and she's willing, and she's happy that she gets to do that for me. And it's more important than my pride. Yeah. Right. And you have gratitude about that, and away we go. Right. Absolutely. Exactly. And it also, you know, think about what would you do for your friend? Right. What would you do for your daughter if she was struggling? You're paying that you're paying twenty thousand dollars for your kid to get some help. Exactly. Why wouldn't it be normal for my mom to want to pay for me to get help? Right. So really <laughs> think about and I ask my clients this too, you know, what would you say to your friend if they were saying these things about what they were going through or you know, or if they were saying, well, I don't deserve to get the help or I don't need it. I'm fine. Or I should be stronger. I should do this. Like, and really beating themselves up about, or about the way they feel. And I think we would be supportive friends. And, and, you know, like it might be in different ways than you're thinking, like, uh, you know, your friend might know a great book that they might send you or 
your friend, yeah. uh, you know, I actually was talking to some friends about, about uh, just my mental health. And they offered to uh, once a week have a group of us get on um, a Zoom and meditate together. That's awesome. That's so, cool. Yeah. And so, like, speak up. Just yeah. If somebody is going to shame you for your mental health, they're not worth having in your life. Yeah. Hundred percent. So, Laura. So, we were talking the other day. Beth, you weren't part of this conversation. Sorry. And I'm excited to hear about it. <laughs> we were talking about this very topic and yeah. about how. Um, you know, moms, people, whatever, may not want to speak up and have their identity revealed because yeah. maybe they feel ashamed of their feelings or whatever it is. And that's okay, right, Laura? That's okay for them to feel like that. Absolutely. But you came up with like this super cool solution. So why don't you tell us about it? Okay. Well, I had help, so I can, I didn't just invent it by myself. However... <laughs> Um, we were really talking about that issue and also the issue of cost. Mm -hmm. And so what was important to me was to be able to provide a safe space for moms and, and, um, well, moms to get help and to seek a little bit of therapy and support at a lower cost. And, um, if they're not comfortable with the group setting to do that anonymously. So I sort of called it anonymous. I love it. I don't know if that's going to land. But I we'll love it. Maybe if you guys could share in your comments or something after watching this, then let us know whether or not a non-a-mom really lands for you. <laughs> but, um, but what I would like to do is charge a, a smaller fee than an individual session and invite moms to sign up for a group session that would be on Zoom, kind of like this. I would have my camera on so you could see me. Um, and then I might share uh, resources on my screen or I like, I draw a lot. So you might see some sketches or doodles about that. Um, but you can actually join at, with using a pseudonym. So you can call yourself, you know, Blondie Mom or Mesa Mom or whatever. And you can share and talk and actually have those experiences and interactions and the benefit of group therapy because group therapy is extremely helpful. It's one of my favorite mediums. I absolutely love it. Um, and, and it's really, it's an online thing. You can join, I was thinking probably a once a week cadence. Um, and that's something I would love to really get off the ground to be able to provide a lower cost option, an anonymous option for those who maybe just don't feel ready to tackle their deep in, uh, individual stuff. That's um, awesome. And I, I know, Right. And I know you're, you're in Arizona, that's where you're located, but this is something, correct me if I'm wrong, that can be offered across the nation. So, right. Does it matter where they well, are? Or? I'm only licensed in Arizona. Oh, so okay. I okay. do have to be, I'm, I'm licensed in the state of Arizona and depending, there's maybe some States where that's okay, but I don't know of any off the top of my head. Gotcha. Um, it's going to depend on the state where you live, whether or not my license is, um, is accessible. So some of the other things I've done, like the, um, like this, for example, um, mm -hmm. and the group that I've done for mom nation to join, those are really more educational. We're not tackling like actual okay. stuff. And so it's not, um, it's not like I'm count, I'm your counselor, right? We're just having an education conversation, right? But this really, I would really like for this to be more, a little bit deeper, a little bit more personalized and therapeutic so that. Um, you know, I would know who my clients were, but you know, they would be anonymous to each other and still be able to have that group therapy experience. Um, but I am Googling how I can get licensed in as many States as possible. So stay tuned. But for now I am only licensed in Arizona. Awesome. But as far as our audience across the country, they can tap into your support group that you offer through mom nation because it's 100%. educational. So yeah, because that is a little more casual. It's not as individual. So yeah. Awesome. I love it. What do you think, Beth? Oh, I, I think it's amazing. And I think it's something that like is so needed. Mm -hmm. A lot of us just don't talk about what's going on yeah. with our mental health. Uh, I know that like when I've shared about my mental health, I always get tons of people who reach out to me and they're like, you know, it's such a relief to know that I'm not alone in struggling with mental health and you're not. And, yeah. and understanding that you're not, that's like the first step. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, so I say this all the time, you're as sick as your secrets, right? Ooh. When you have it in your own mind, it's all yours. 
you don't know, you don't have an information, you don't have enough information about it. You don't have all the facts. You just have your own feelings and opinions. And so that can, you can make something small feel really, really big by keeping it to yourself. Mm -hmm. And it is so true. You are as sick as your secrets. If you're holding things in and you're not letting those out and you're not um, confiding or being vulnerable with somebody that you trust, you're really, um, you're suffering and you're feeling like you're alone and you're not alone. And the truth is that our internal dialogues, if they were out loud, we would all probably hear the same things. And we'd be like, what? You think that too? You wonder if you're a good mom too, but you seem like you have your shit together, right? Like, right. you know, um, I bet we all seem like we have our shit together to somebody. Right. But sometimes we see what's inside is the junk drawer, but everybody else just sees a beautiful, clean kitchen. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I, that's the hard part is letting somebody else see your junk drawer. And then when you hear them say, Hey, mine looks like that too. Matter of fact, I have three drunk drawers, right? <laughs> All my drawers are junk drawers. You know, like then it just, it's just, is lighter. It's lighter. So you know? true. Love it. This has been so eye-opening, Laura. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. This has been fun. I'm so nervous, but I love it. I'm really glad you had me on. Oh, yeah. See, I told you Beth and I would make you feel real comfortable. We did, I, right? I totally. All my nerves went away right away. <laughs> Good. Yeah, and that's, that's as easy as it can be. So um, I know that we have some people who um, we've talked with about being experts who are nervous about that. So I'm really glad that you had that experience. So we can we can just tell them to watch this now. Yeah, definitely. Easy. It's okay to get nervous. That's the truth. That's so good. Yeah. All well, right, ladies. Well, it's been real. It has been real. Guys, <laughs> remember to go rate, review, and subscribe on your favorite platform and download us on iTunes so that we can get more and more visible. That's yes. right. Don't forget, I'll bake you a cake if you give us a five star. Just let Don't me know. <laughs> I didn't say how big the cake was going to be. All right. <laughs> all right, ladies. Thank you so much. Thanks. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Bye.